Welcome to Unlocking Brand, a part of our Siegel & Gale podcast series. Here, our global brand experts host live case studies, deliver actionable insights, and answer key questions on the topics that matter to brand marketers today. In this episode, we explore our work for SADA, a Google Cloud premier partner and one of the leading cloud consulting firms in the world. Noreen Galstian, CMO of SADA, joins our Group Director of Experience, Jenna Iskin, Group Creative Director, Matthias Menke, and President of the Pacific Rim, Jason Slack, for a conversation exploring how the award-winning cloud solutions provider rebranded to drive meaningful business transformation and the results the rebrand produced three years in. This is Siegel & Gale Says. Good morning or good afternoon from wherever you're joining us and welcome to Siegel & Gale's Future of Branding series, Unlocking Brand. Unlocking Brand is our virtual web series where we pair our clients and brand consultants together to discuss thought-provoking branding topics and programs. By way of introduction, I'm Jason Seaslack. I'm president of the Pacific Rim with Siegel & Gale, and I'll be your host for today's conversation. For those of you who don't know who Siegel & Gale is, we are a brand strategy design and brand experience firm. We have offices around the world, and we help our clients leverage the power of simplicity to help their brands and businesses grow. And in the process, we have helped to create and shape some of the world's most iconic brands. If you want to learn a little bit more about who we are, feel free to visit us at cbl.com or give us a call. Now on to today's discussion. In the branding business, there tend to be six or seven reasons why a firm like ours gets engaged. It's a merger, acquisition, or perhaps a spinoff, a tired old brand in need of a rejuvenation, launch of a major new product or service, or a new CEO with a business pivot and a future ambition that the brand needs to help deliver or drive. And that last reason is why Sada engaged Siegel and Gale. Sada made the bold decision to say goodbye to a significant part of its business a few years ago and doubled down exclusively on being a Google Cloud platform provider. This bold move, which had serious business implications, which we'll dive into, needed an equally bold branding effort to signal the change in the marketplace and provide a story to help propel their bold growth ambitions. So we'll explore how Sada, now today's most trusted Google Cloud partner, Reflections brand to implement this new ambition. One thing I think that would be of particular interest to all of you joining us is the work our team did with SADA was about three years ago. So a big part of what we'll dive into today is the business impact of the work, both at launch as well as post-launch, which is something a lot of CMOs or brand marketers are always interested in understanding. Help them to understand what some of the insights and the kind of needles that were moved and the results that were achieved with the work. Joining me today to help sort of uncover some of those things is the CMO of SADA, Noreen Galstead. Welcome, Noreen. Also joining Noreen are two of my colleagues who helped lead some of the work from Siegel & Gale, Jenna Iskin, who's the Group Brand Experience Director, and Matthias Menke, our Group Creative Director. Welcome you both. Today, Noreen, Matthias, and Jenna are going to be panelists, and I'll summon my best, Katie Couric, to push the three of them to provide the context thinking and the impact of the work that was done. So with that, let's dive in. And I think I'll start with you, Noreen. Can you maybe set the stage and talk a little bit for those people who may not know who SADA is? Give us a little bit of background of who SADA is and the business that it does. Sure, absolutely. First, thank you for having me. It's it's great to be seeing all the familiar faces from Siegel and Gale. Um, SADA is a global cloud consultancy and technology services provider. 
We help all organizations through their cloud transformation journey, specifically with Google Cloud. As you mentioned, we're one of the top Google Cloud um, partners globally, and we're super proud of recently winning once again the Google Cloud Global Partner of the Year Award, and that is our six-year running. So we're very much in the the trenches with Google Cloud and helping our, our customers reach their next stage of the, the transformation process to scale and grow their business. That is great background. And so one of the things I love about this particular story is, you know, you, you made a big business decision, a big business pivot. And tell me about the moment that you learned that Sada was basically walking away from business with Microsoft um, to focus exclusively on Google Cloud. You had served multiple cloud providers, but made the decision to go all in, if you will, on Google. How did that go down? And how was the head marketer? What was your thinking when um, that happened and what it was going to mean for the brand? Well, it was certainly not an easy decision. Uh, It took some time to really evaluate um, the business practices and really understand um, from a future of SADA perspective, which partner do we want to align with from innovation perspective, from culture perspective. And we really had two separate functioning businesses in-house. We had a, a, f- a virtual firewall, if you will, internally between the two practices, just given our, our partner ecosystem. And it was very difficult for us to establish our own brand within the brand of these big organizations, right? And then culturally be able to have a one SADA brand within when again, you're catering to these big, you know, cloud providers. So obviously the, the organization took its time to make that decision. And once the decision was made, to be honest, from a marketing side and as the head of the brand, I was relieved because it really helped us then be much more focused and gave us an opportunity then to establish the SADA brand and the services we provide to come to the forefront for our customers and really double down, if you will, on the Google Cloud platform, align from an innovation perspective as well. They are, you know, a leading uh, cloud um, providers and one of the top three and growing. But culturally, they really aligned with us from our go-to-market strategies, from our kind of customer-focused and customer impact Uh, vision and goals. And so it was really important for us to have a brand that related to that new vision and a focus that we can drive forward in elevating our 20-year-old brand that hadn't been touched to the next level. So, I mean, if if you think about it from your perspective, what needed to change about the SADA brand story? Uh, You know, making this kind of business pivot, what outcomes were you trying to, you know, hoping to create with sort of a rebrand effort? I think for a long time, we, you know, the company started as IT services provider, right? And managed services. And we really needed to elevate our brand to reach the enterprise customer in more of a consultancy, business transformation, and overall cloud advisory services that many organizations were looking for. So we didn't want to just be an IT partner. We really wanted to be their cloud transformation partner through the, all of the aspects of the business growth. And that needed a new 
brand that would really communicate the sophistication of our services, sophistication of our expertise, and bring to the forefront that this is the brand that you have longevity with. We're not a one undone kind of service provider, right? We're in it for the long haul. And that really uh, was a key component when we when we came to Siegel and Gale, we really wanted to say, well, we, we need a new brand that's going to have that longevity for us to grow, you know, from the small business, small family business that we were to this global enterprise that other enterprise and Fortune 500 companies can partner with. Yeah. So you intimated at the small family business. I think the origin story to SADA is a really charming one. Can you talk a little bit about the founders and how they played a role in shaping the new story for the brand? Yeah, absolutely. The company was founded by Annie and Hovik Safoyan, immigrant family from Armenia. When they, you know, came to this country, obviously they had the American dream starting a business and they literally did out of their garage, you know, typical kind of startup story. And they worked extremely hard to really understand the technical services components and IT services, which was Hovik's background, and then Annie from a graphic and design perspective, merging those two together. They grew really the business to a point where Google and Microsoft came and said, hey, we have these applications, you know, do you want to partner with us? And they were able to build the applications to then grow into the next phase of being a launch partner for the cloud services. And at the time with Google, it was Google Apps that they partnered on in Google Search Appliance. And that just kind of transcended the company to the next level. But really keeping the core of that family coming together, that hardworking, you know, uh, risk-taking immigrant mindset, right? And that carried on into our growth of the company. And so when we doubled down on Google Cloud, it was how do we still keep that kind of foundational, you know, core values with us and take it to the next level from a brand perspective. And so they were involved in the brand process right from the beginning. And, you know, one of the the key things was to make sure they were part of the focus group and they were interviewed and really bringing their values into the mix. And it wasn't just done in a silo, right? They were key components of that practice. I think that's an amazing part of the story. And I also think it speaks a lot to the culture that you have there at SADA, that our impression was the culture was really sort of grassroots, very, very powerful. You could feel it. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of your employees in the process as you're thinking about reshaping and telling this story? How did you engage and sort of like make employees part of that process, knowing how important it were? Well, I really believe that in order to do a rebrand right, you have to bring your employees into that process very early. And their perception of that brand and how they are connected to it is a key part of developing it. So we really wanted to take our time and gather information from our own employees. And we did several focus groups and ask them for feedback on what do they think the brand means, you know, when when they think of SADA, what are the first, you know, words that come to mind? When they represent SADA, how do they want to represent it? And what are their, you know, perception of how it comes across to a customer, to a partner? Uh, and also, where are the gaps? You know, where do you feel SADA is and where are we still aspiring to be? So that 
we can understand where do we need to fill that in. So they were in the process right from the beginning. And, and you know, as a CMO, I can't emph uh, emphasize that enough that to get buy-in, you really need to bring your employees in from the very beginning. So they're part of that journey and they can connect to it from the very beginning and know that they had a hand in creating it. You know, I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting is as you make this business pivot and you commit to being exclusively focused on Google, you know, one of the challenges that creates is, you know, your brand story to some extent is inextricably linked with Google, right? Mm -hmm. And that there are other Google partners that does what SADA does, albeit not as well. Can you talk <laughs> a little bit about how you navigated that? We, you know, really wanted to, like I said, you know, be at the forefront of the cloud transformation journey and having Google Cloud be our partner to get there. But we also wanted to bring our key expertise and services to, through that brand so that the customer understands, you know, we're not just a reseller of Google Cloud, right? We are the services providers that bring this to life and that really drives the ROI of their investment for them. So it was important for us to not just communicate our partnership with Google, you know, cloud as a whole, but bring our services, our professional services, our certified engineers and experts in house, the cloud consultants, the, the customer success managers, all of the aspects of SADA that does differentiate us from the rest of the partner ecosystem to make the customer successful, not just with one project, but really understanding that entire journey of get, getting on the cloud is just a first step. What you do after that is what really makes a difference and helps you stand out as a company within your own industry and your own ecosystem of how to scale and grow your business. So I was really, you know, proud of the fact that our employees saw that too through the focus groups of how they wanted to position that brand. So when we started to work together, that was evident that our services really had to be brought front and front stage. Yeah. So one more comment or question around sort of the, the role that Google played. How did you incorporate them into the story? I mean, I think given the fact that you're exclusively committed to them, did they have influence? Did they have insight into what you were doing and the story you wanted to tell? Absolutely. The same way we involved our employees into that market research and focus group, we also brought in key Google leadership, regional field, customer success, and engineers into that focus group and, and ask questions like, when you hear SADA, what, it, what do you think? What are the top words that come to mind, right? Where do you feel like you bring in SADA versus another partner? And how do you see that brand differentiation? Where do you feel that we provide value to your customers, right? Because it's so important for us and, and Google to be aligned on how we go to a customer, especially a key customer that we're working on a project together. And for us to be kind of one, if you will, in that strategy and represent each other really well. And so they were a big piece of the brand development. And when we developed the messaging from the beginning, we actually took it back to them and say, is this how you see us? Is this how you want to see us? Right, again, to identify, is there a gap of where we're at and where we need to be for you? And really, how can we bridge that gap? Yeah, I love that. So maybe now would be a good time for us maybe to bring up sort of the, the core sort of positioning line and. And maybe, Noreen, I can get you to talk a little bit about sort of just 
the brand story and talking about how sort of the brand story captures who Sada is. Like how how did it clarify your ambitions and what audiences were critical in understanding this big shift you guys were making? Well, the key audiences were obviously our current customers, first and foremost, uh, and then our partners, Google, but also our prospective customers, right? Our target list of customers and how would they see us showing up for them. And when we started working on uh, the brand and the story, you know, we, we worked on the messaging and really wanted to identify, like, what do we want people to know about us right from the beginning? And the simple idea came into the into the mix and together we're all in simple words right for four little words but they say so much really togetherness we're in the trenches right with you we're whether you're a partner or customer or fellow Saudian or a googler we're in this together in how we go to market in how we show up how we address challenges how we approach your bold ambitions we're lockstep with you. And we're all in, meaning like, you know, it's an attitude. We're going to get this done. Maybe if we haven't done it, we're going to definitely learn it. We're going to put all our efforts and our best experts on it, and we're going to get it done. I think it's in the fearless like approach, as it says here, is that, you know, that bold approach to just investing resources, dollars, market research, in the trenches with the customer, in the trenches with our partners, and being able to find the best way forward for that customer and all parties involved. It is, you know, part of that win-win, if you will, in any good partnership, right? That there's a mutual impact that is made. And when the impact's not there, someone always feels like something fell through the crack, right? So being aligned on how are we making impact together for this greater cause, this greater goal that we both have. So it was really a simple idea, but I think it communicates so much more than that. Yeah, it, I feel like it captures both sort of where you guys committed to take the business. I feel like it captures this sense of camaraderie and sort of the values that sort of unite the organization. And it really sort of is an interesting value proposition when you talk about the commitments you make to your clients. And so I, it's a lovely sort of simple idea that I think encapsulates so much of what you are about. As I think about, you know, it's one thing to have like a really clear and authentic sort of story and simple idea. It's another thing to find ways to bring it to life. And one of the things we created as part of this were these experience pillars. And Nareed, do you want to talk a little bit about these pillars? Because they were the stepping off point, if you will, for how we brought the brand to life and all of the places you guys live. Absolutely. These experienced pillars really, I believe, hit home for us from a cultural perspective. And they're simple enough words, right? But they, again, mean so much for, for the internal teams and how we align with our customers and being dynamic in our approach, right? We think on our feet. So really, it's that quick thinking but also doing our homework, how, tapping into the expertise, really understanding the impact that we're trying to make. So it's not about, oh, let's get this project done. Is what is your business goal? What is your overall ambition that we're trying to achieve? Especially working with CIOs and CEOs and really understanding one, their personal, you know, goals and in, in achieving these and then the overall corporate goals and the longevity of that. So the dynamic component, when we came up with that word, it was just like, yes, 
it's really being able to be dynamic and being able to touch point multiple aspects of what we need to accomplish to reach that goal. Nonstop. I mean, we've, we've been in the hustle, if you will, the nonstop hustle in growing this company. And from the very beginnings to now being a global company, that mentality has not changed. We're still nonstop in our go-to-market approach. We're still nonstop in our customer journeys and being able to take them to that next level and really helping them, you know, like redefine our their next horizon. Again, it's not a one-stop approach. It's really the longevity of identifying all of the aspects of their corporate goals and and their you know uh, technology goals of what's going to get them to that next level of innovation and scale. Bold, exactly what it says. I mean, you got to be bold in this business, right? It's a very competitive, high you know, growth very fast in, in technology, changing every single day. So you really cannot be skimmish about how you take that next approach or the next investment you're going to make in technology because your competitors are right there behind you, ready to take the lead at any point. So we're bold because our customers are bold and they want to have that next stage of growth. And we have to be aligned with them on that. So we want to bring our customers along with us in their next technology investment and making sure they're seeing the ROI at every stage of the point. So these three experience builders, I think, really set the foundation of our brand. Yeah, I love them. And so now I want to shift gears a little bit and maybe bring our creative director, Matias, in and talk a little bit about some of the design aspects of the work that was done that was based on these pillars. And maybe the first question I'll start with for you, Matias, is, so uh, Sada CEO, Tony, had very high expectations for this. He really thought hard about the kind of identity that he wanted to as his company, something that he thought in a very personal way about how he would wear it on this person. And I go to him on a very personal level. Matias, can you talk to us a little bit about both the creation of the new logo and the supporting visual system? I mean, what did you guys factor in to consider sort of all of those things with your past outside would show up for you? Sure. I mean, the first thing for us was we had to make sure that we actually bring these principles, these experience pillars to life. Right? They're, they very much capture the spirit of the organization and how the organization behaves but also now we have to figure out how do we actually translate this into the brand identity so there's really a clear alignment between how the organization behaves and how it actually comes to life in the communications and the expressions. But when we started to talk to Tony and the team, one of the first things actually we talked about uh, Ford versus Ferrari. You see a photo of Carroll Shelby. It was kind of funny, actually. Tony said, and it was at the time that Ford versus Ferrari was in the theaters. He said, have you seen the movie? And we're like, no, we haven't seen it. He said, watch it. It's Carol Shelby. That's us. We're like, well, wow, that's interesting, Carol Shelby. But it was really interesting when we watched and we learned more about Carol Shelby. It was very much the determination and the, the grit of that person and sort of the passion uh, with which he was able to rally everybody around it to pursue the same cause and sort of unite behind one goal. So he took this as inspiration. It was kind of really nice for us as sort of an angle to get into the expression. And initially, we actually played with that a little bit and looked at the design of automotive brands and performance brands. And we, we shared with him this little mock-up of a logo 
on the hood of a vintage race car. And it was really obviously a spoof of the Carroll Shelby logo. It was kind of fun when we shared this with Tony and the team. I think at first he wasn't quite sure if we were kidding or not. We were kidding. It was just a joke. But what it did was really sort of open up a different avenue, right? Because we could look at the, the sort of the expected vernacular of what a brand would actually pick when it wants to align itself with Google and be a little bit of a me too, right? I want to be colorful and playful. But we actually looked at um, the spirit of the organization and looked at performance brands and at automotive brands and get a sense of sort of what is their vernacular and what kind of treatments do they use to evoke the right personality. And interestingly, we see a sketch here of, of some of the initial drawings one of our designers actually put together when we briefed him. We actually gave that individual a blind brief. We told them, look, we, we want you to develop the identity for a performance brand. And we didn't re reveal anything about what SADA was about, what it was in the business for. Uh, we just said a performance brand. What allowed us to do actually get into sort of different places for the expression. And um, we ended up with an identity CVC and the logo animation that was very simple, kind of forming a simple logo type around the four letters. Uh, we certainly took advantage of the short name, right? Four letters with very simple geometry that we could actually work with. And we kind of stripped everything away. We really wanted to look at a treatment that was about maximizing performance with the most, with the least elements necessary. So really being able to focus on a clear goal with very few strokes and very few components. And then actually use these angles, these cuts that sort of repeat themselves within the rhythmic pattern through the word mark to speak a little bit to the, the organization's sort of determination and not be able to also be not be afraid to tell the client actually what's the right approach to their tech challenge. You see here in the mark as well that we actually uh, rendered the S as these two interlocking shapes. It was very much meant to speak to the collaborative spirit of the organization, not only within SADA, how they work as teams, but also actually how they work with clients. That S can actually serve as a snap-off, as a standalone shorthand for the SADA brand. And that really, that kind of logo in its purest simplicity really spawned a design system where we actually use that forward lean, this diagonal slash, and uh, developed a graphic language that allowed us to do a lot of different interpretations. You can see here three posters that bring the brand pillars to life, bold, dynamic, and nonstop. And you can see how that forward movement, the dynamism within the mark actually comes to life in these graphic representations. It's very much a black and white system. Again, taking some cues from performance brands, automotive brands, but also thinking about how it can actually coexist with a colorful Google identity. But then we actually brought in warm because it was very important for us also to represent the humanity of the, the brand and the organization. We brought in warmth through the imagery and through some of the graphic language in the colors actually support uh, the warm imagery. Now, there was a lot we could actually do with that, you know, not just these very sort of strict geometric diagonal movements, but you see here a circular movement to bring uh, the brand idea to life. There's a lot of movement within that, and that actually was used throughout the design system to create a variety of different expressions. So it really allowed us to build a system that has quite a bit of longevity and quite a lot of flexibility because we need to make sure that the team actually can pick this up and now actually produce a lot of different communications for a number of different um, contexts. 
So we actually developed a sort of a pattern library that could be something you see at the top left. It has sort of a magnetic pull towards the SADA logo, something like at the top right in this billboard markup here where it's about this ribbon that moves through space and um, sort of has a bit of a spatial quality, but a very clear directive focus. It could also be very simple, as you see in the bottom left there in these digital applications, where it's just about this forward slash, that moment of inflection of moving forward. Or bottom right, this frame we're creating that speaks more about protection and security and creating a holistic solution. So a lot of really flexibility within this very simple, minimal graphic system that's all inspired by the logo but we meant to uh, create an identity that doesn't necessarily look like your expected tech brand, but very much captures the spirit of the organization, the character and the personality of the brand. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So maybe the next question is from Nareen. Um, Nareen, how did customers and your internal stakeholders respond to the new identity? Because there's no shortage of opinions amongst those sod ends. Yeah, that's for sure. We have an outspoken bunch that we wouldn't have it any other way. We're so, I would say, uh, amazed by the delivery of the brand. I think also because they were involved in it from the very beginning, that there was already this connection with the brand and they really felt connected with it because, again, there was a collaborative effort with them. So when we delivered the full brand uh, with the help of our internal change management team, they were beside themselves. They loved how it came together. And I, I, you know, I would say that as a CMO, sometimes you're a little like, okay, there's always going to be those, those people that don't like it or have some sort of criticism. I would say that, you know, I was pleasantly surprised that, not a single person had anything bad to say or disagreed with any of our brand elements from the messaging to the new logo to the overall, you know, brand delivery. They loved it from all aspects of it and couldn't wait to actually start putting it out into the world because we did an internal launch before we shared it externally and they were super excited to start sharing it with their customers. That's great. That's great. And, you know, as you reflect on some of the design work, I remember it included a website. There was a big field events communications. There was an event that you guys were, were gear, girding up for. You know, what were some of the things that worked well and, and going in a different direction? This was, this was a big sign of change for you as an organization. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there were multiple activations that we had planned for the brand you know, multiple videos that we're put, going to launch and put into the market, customer success videos, our services videos, a new website, as you mentioned, working with Jenna and her team. Again, really making sure that our services were communicated and at the forefront of that messaging and our alignment with, with Google Cloud. We had planned various different events in person, but then as we all know, COVID hit that March timeframe. And so many of the events that we had planned uh, were canceled and postponed, and we really had to make decisions of, okay, how are we going to activate this brand virtually and really connect people through these virtual channels? And so we had multiple digital events that we planned that were also part of the experiential components of the brand that we wanted to bring to life. And 
this, you know, surprisingly, again, it worked and it, it landed exactly how we wanted to. Everyone was super supportive of it from our customers, our board members, our, you know, Google counterparts and, and other partners in the ecosystem. Even our competitors sent notes to Tony and myself saying, wow, this is really impressive. Congratulations, Sada. So we really felt like the brand uh, spoke to our core values and our foundational uh, beliefs, but it also had a newness to uh, you know, really align ourselves both professionally with enterprise customers, with the next level of growth that we had planned. And you know, being able to then say like, this is a brand that we could all be proud of to carry us through the next, you know, decade or so into this really high, fast paced, you know, environment that we're all in because it had flexibility, as Matias said, for us to play around with it and bring it to life or all of the different deliverables. But it had a, a sense of this sophistication and color scheme that you know was timeless. Yeah. You know, I think one of the things that maybe we'll, we'll shift gears a little bit, we'll bring Janet into the conversation. You know, great. It's one thing to sort of have great, uh, a brand and a great story and a good look and feel, but it really is those experiences where it comes to life to reinforce sort of the value proposition. And Jenna, maybe I get your perspective on this. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, how the new brand was operate, operationalized across some different touch points that supported SADA's partners to help drive the business? Absolutely. You know, the promise that SADA was making, and, and Noreen's touched on this a little bit, was so embodied by the people, the Sadians, and even those who interacted with them. And I'll tell a, a short story, but at the launch of the new brand, Noreen and her team sent us SADA jackets. And Jason teased me mercilessly only because I wore it on so many management meetings. And it had to do with Matias's great work, but it also had to do with the fact that the interactions that you had with the people of SADA were unforgettable. And it was really, you know, kind of this, this bold taking it together and people were really living it. And I think the challenge that our team had in thinking about the, the operationalism of, of the brand was how do we make that same experience come through in the inanimate interactions? because we couldn't just assume that everybody's going to have an interaction with, with a SADA employee. And so looking at things like the website and really thinking about how information could come into play. What type of information were we leading with? How were we expressing and balancing this need to talk about partners and highlight partners and spotlight them and their experiences and what we're able to do for them without diluting the power of SADA. And so I think that that balance, we spent a lot of time with Lincoln and his team and, and Noreen and the, the whole SADA team figuring out, okay, how do we make sure we get the right the billing in terms of in a cloud and clear podcast, who comes first? How do we promote them? How are we thinking about the usage of some of that system that Matias had really come up with and really leveraging? I mean, it was awesome to have this really large toolbox but really thinking strategically about how we would play with them, I think really became one of the, the big challenges across the map. And so, you know, it's interesting. I think about some of this sort of when it was rolling out, but I, I'd like to sort of talk a little bit maybe for Jenna and Noreen. Can you talk about sort of how this, these experiences and some of this work has evolved since then? 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, we have a, an amazing internal design team. Uh, they've really taken these, you know, guidelines, if you will, and played around with it. Uh, the slash and some of these graphic elements are still a big um, part of the deliverables that we have, but we've been able to really adjust some of the Im imagery, adjust some of the graphic elements to, to play around and bring additional solutions and services that we've launched in the market over the past three years. Um, and, and some new partners that we've brought on on board. We have an entirely new ISV partner ecosystem in our go-to-market strategy. So making sure that they, it's not just Google Cloud, right? So how do we bring these other third-party ISV partners into the mix with our brand, but still hold that foundational core values of our brand together? So we've tried different imagery. We've added additional colors. So Matias and the team had our core colors and then some sub colors that we tapped into to bring some additional imagery and, and color schemes to the forefront. We've tried different elements of our you know website and landing pages to test them, see how the, the impact is and the, and the reaction is. It's an evolution, if you will, and it's it's not something that ends, right? I think that is the crux of having a brand that has longevity is is being able to change with the times and being able to bring in new elements while still having the core foundational elements stick and deliver every single time. Yeah. I was just going to say, I, I think absolutely. I think it's it's a testament, I think, also to how we, we work together too on this brand, um, which is, I think, when it came to the execution piece, I don't know if we ever did. I'm thinking about the website, for example. I don't know if we ever had like presentation styles or anything. It was really this co-collaboration when it came to the execution in order to prepare for exactly what Noreen is talking about. So I think that the vision of being able to have a brand that flexes and is able to have that type of longevity started from the very beginning, even in how we wanted to work together as agency and client. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's really lovely work, and I'm really proud of the work that we did together as a team to bring that to life. Maybe we can go ahead and pull the materials down, and we could just sort of chat a little bit, Noreen, with you about some of the impact, because as we've talked about through this, that this work was done a couple of years ago, pre-COVID, <laughs> and you know, one of the things that I'm really grateful for you participating with us today about this is, is that we get asked all the time by clients, like, What's going to happen in year one? What's going to happen at launch? What's going to happen in year three? And so, you know, I'm wondering, you know, can you talk a little bit about how the work not only was just received in the marketplace with your customers, but maybe also some of the, the things that occurred that maybe either you didn't anticipate that were positives? Well, I think in any brand rollout, you really need to understand the, the phases of your own company growth. Right. When we started this journey together, we had, uh, you know, some visions of new product and solutions that we were going to be launching in the marketplace. So we were already thinking about what was going to happen in two or three years and how do these brand elements, you know, help us in launching those and positioning those. Right. So, you know, I think when you look at the business, not in the short term, but where you want to be three years, five years, 10 years from now, just as how we look at our customers in their digital transformation journey. I think Siegel and Gale was, 
able to really help us and say, okay, you know, you want to, you know, launch all these power solutions, you know, products into the, how can we help you position those now for that growth to happen? And so I think it's really important to have a clear cut vision of where you want to go from the very beginning and be open and transparent with the agency that you're working with to bring them into that world with you, right? And talk it out, be collaborative from the very beginning so that you're already taking that into mind when you're planning this entire, you know, uh, branding launch from a global scale. And for us, while it was received well in the short term, we wanted to make sure that that, you know, expression from this audience in the messaging and the delivery continued. So it's an ongoing training and messaging and being able to share that internally anytime we had a a new launch, if you will, saying this is how you position it. These are how the graphic elements come to life. You know, and there's many times where we came back to Matias in the team and say, are we doing this right? Does this sound right? You know, <laughs> and I think like, again, it is an ongoing partnership, right? And we came back a few times to say we need support with videos. We need support on website, you know, new pages that we want to add. Do these templates, you know, work for us? And I think that is the crux of a good partnership on a branding strategy and then being able to have that longevity of the partnership continue, just as how we want our partnership with our customers to continue to then, you know, have that ultimate vision that probably changes and, and keeps adding on to that, right, uh, as the business grow. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious, you know, I think about, there are things that you expect that happen at launch, and then there are things maybe you don't expect. There are either surprises or things that maybe uh, you might want to do over with or do do a little differently. Can you talk a little bit about some of those things that happened sort of post-launch and sort of like what you learned and if there's any anecdotes you want to share? Well, I often think about that, you know, had it not uh, been a COVID launch, uh, what would I had done differently, right? Because I think it restrict us, restricted us in many ways because we couldn't travel and do the roadshows that we had planned. We couldn't do any of the conferences to activate the brand in, in, in the real world with the big booth that we had planned. So I think, uh, you know, our experiences and, and kind of things that we would do differently are coming with that mindset of a, the restrictions of COVID, right? And had that not happened... I don't know what the scenarios would have been, but for us yeah. is how do we, you know, it was, it was more like, how do we bring this brand to life in these virtual channels, but make it real, have people connect with it. So we did invest a lot into swag, saw the swag <laughs> store launched. And yeah. as Jenna said, you know, those jackets and, and brand elements that we delivered to people so that they can connect with it, they could touch it, they could feel it. You know, it could be part of their daily engagement with, with our brand. It was also being able to have a social, you know, presence, constantly sharing those brand elements. So we really activated our PR and social teams to grow our social channels and ecosystem. And how do we bring this into our daily communication with our customers 
and prospective customers as well as our own audience, you know, so they're seeing it daily on LinkedIn or Twitter, you know, or X now and, and being able to engage with it. Internally, we continued from the marketing side to always have a system launched and added on to our brand guidelines that we clearly communicated. And, you know, you always have a team's like, hey, I want to create this swag. Can I put the logo this way? And it was just like, bring it back to our guidelines and be able to really work with you on 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 your vision but keeping the foundational aspects of the brand together you know and i think how it impacted the market uh for us it was really i think surprising how quickly we were able to touch our customers and prospective customers to want to work with us over and over again. And that was really, I think, surprising for us in this, you know, virtual channels of like, wow, you know, we got that face-to-face feel without having to be face-to-face. And they still wanted to engage with us and come back to us over and over again with re-engagement and new projects and new visions and new launches, new applications. And so that was really a testament, I think, to the success of what we wanted to communicate as SADA being, you know, the cloud advisor that they go to over and over again and their Google Cloud partner. Awesome. So if if I could ask you if there were three or four key takeaways that you could share about embarking on a journey like this, and I would open it up to the, the three of you, what would they be? I would say bring your stakeholders, your key stakeholders on the journey with you from the very beginning. I can't emphasize that enough of how important it was to have our Saudians participate with us from the very beginning, get their feedback and elements, as well as the founders and our partners and the board members, right? I think it's it speaks volumes when you bring the key stakeholders into that project with you and be able to be in the trenches and have that collaborative feel of like, what do you think about this? How does this resonate? Is this message hitting home? And we also had our top 20 customers that we went to as well to get their feedback when we had our first draft. It was like, is this how you see SADA? Is there anything else that you feel like that doesn't come through? And they gave us good feedback. It was like, I think you guys are you know, fearless and that bold component of like, I've never had a partner that could just take this on and relieve me of the stress and be able to come back to me and say, we could solve this for you. And so that was really important for us as well. I would say the next, you know, really important thing is to make sure that you have a partner in our agency that understands you and your culture. You know, I think that was really important for us with Siegel and Gail is that you got us, like you you got us. <laughs> and we connected with you immediately. And so it really didn't feel like we had any battles of, of how we were positioning uh, or trying to make you understand something. Like you really understood who we were from the beginning. So that cultural fit with an agency is really important. And I would say third, you know, really take your time in the launch process and make sure that you treat an internal launch like you would any other change management element and really take the approach of internally launching, making sure that you train your people how to deliver this message and what does this mean before you blast it out into the world and your team is not ready for it, right? So make that investment to really touch base with your 
with your internal stakeholders on a regular basis to make sure that they're hitting home on that brand delivery, every communication they have. Yeah. Anything else, Jenna? Satish, you want to add? I was going to say, I would just add almost as a summary, a little bit of what Maureen had, had mentioned on her first point. You know, we often talk about a brand being a promise delivered. And those two things, while sequential in the sentence, can't be sequential in how we're processing or thinking about the work. And I think that this project had just awesome insights from how constant back and forth thinking about how Sada needed to live in the world, how it was currently living in the world, what the reaction was going to be, and all those pieces going into people thinking, you know, Matias and I were working super closely. What did the brand, had the brand experience need to leverage the design? What did that mean? How did that need to live in the future? Kind of really understanding that that longevity of that brand was going to come with the dichotomy of those two things really living symbiotically. And so I think that was that was one of the most powerful pieces, I think, that that went into the process. The one thing I would add from a creative perspective was really the permission and ability to look sideways. I mean, sometimes we get stuck a little bit in sort of our our lanes of, hey, we're working on this tech solutions brand, so it needs to have exactly that vernacular. But establishing rapport with Tony and the team, really listening to him and his stories and what's important to him unlocked actually a completely different avenue creatively. So the story of Carol Shelby was just a great starting point for an exploration. So I think the ability to just look sideways and look in unlikely places for ideas is really important, particularly in, in this kind of field where we're, we're working with something that's virtual to a larger degree, right? So we don't have a product we really can attach ourselves to. That's a physical product. So how do we bring this to life in a meaningful fashion? Great. So I want to shift to Q&A. We got a few minutes um, for those people who have been following along. If you have any questions for Noreen or our other two panelists, Jenna and Matthias, I think the, the first question is for Noreen, which is specific to the rollout. Um, how long did the rollout take once the new brand was defined? We had a rollout internally first for about three weeks where we went through various training programs internally with different teams. And we had a whole train the trainer approach, if you will, where Siegel and Gail trained our internal change management team, and then they rolled it out to the rest of the team. We took it one by one from sales, you know, to customer success, to our engineers, even to our, you know, accounting and legal and all of the, the uh, human resources team to make sure everyone understood the brand. So we did, we did take our time on that, but it was well worth it. Great. Which you may have answered the second question, which somebody had asked about brand trainings. You know, how did you equip new or external teams and train with train the trainer is sort of the method that you guys use for that? Yes, absolutely. And in those training deliverables, you know, we had multiple FAQs of how to address customer questions and how to do it on brand and bringing that messaging to to the forefront. And then we also had training with all of the collateral pieces that we deliver that were with the new brand elements, whether it was their new presentation and pitch decks, you know, to various screensavers and and being able to have different flyers and and you know social elements of how to use if they wanted to do a social post their email signatures so multiple elements went into those assets that we delivered from a training perspective right 
somebody just asked another question around um, what assets did you prioritize at launch, knowing that you had to affect all of these different touch points? And also it was COVID. But how did you prioritize those? Yeah, I would say, you know, these internal training assets were a priority for us because we really felt that we needed to arm our, our teams to deliver on that message, given that they were on virtual calls with customers all the time and their prospective accounts. So it was really, that was a priority for us. And of course, the website was a key part of our, you know, launch. And that was the first thing people see, right, when they come to the website. So we wanted to make sure that that delivered the message and the elements. And we also had a video, brand video, that really took that journey of Sada and how we came to this. And it's still one of, you know, one of our most popular videos. I remember the pivot that we took for the website yeah. <laughs> in the middle. Because when we had originally been thinking about the website together, it had been, it was a, obviously a very vital touch point for you. But in terms of thinking about the role that it needed to play at launch, it was really different because you, as you had mentioned, there was all these roadshows and all these other ways that people were going to be involved with the brand. And so I remember, you know, when we, when we took that pivot, when we took the hard right into making that website, that kind of primary point where people were learning about that, it did. It, it changed the assets needed. It, we started working with a lot more videos with you all to try to figure out how to get, how to not lose that human connection of that brand in a way that went beyond just having really wonderful, you know, thought leadership and, and content on there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we're getting to the point where we're at the top of the hour. So I think I'm going to wrap up the Q&A. I want to first and foremost say thank you, Noreen, for joining us today and sharing the Zada story. I feel like your experience and your insights are always so wonderful, so thank you for sharing them. Thank you, Matias, and thank you to Jenna for joining the discussion to add the color commentary on work that I know Team Siegel and Gale is extraordinarily proud of, so thank you for that. On behalf of the team at Siegel and Gale, thank you for joining all of us today. You can listen to this conversation and previous episodes by subscribing to the Siegel and Gale Says podcast. And uh, a bonus invite, if you will, you're invited to our upcoming virtual Unlocking Brand event, which is this Thursday, November 16th. Uh, we will be revealing the findings from our World Simplest Brands 10th edition study. Please join us for an in-depth conversation that will explore how consumers rank leading brands from around the world and what companies can gain by further simplifying their stories and their experiences. And other than that, I want to say thank you all for joining us. Have a great day. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of Siegel and Gale Says. You can read more thought leadership pieces and explore our work at SiegelGale.com. Subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcast or wherever you listen. While you're at it, please leave us a review. See you next time.